Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach David Bartke here. Today is Sunday, February 18th, 2018. 11 a.m. Eastern Time, our first and only daily dose of happiness for the weekend. I'm glad we get to have them, otherwise we'd have no happiness at all, David, but we get lots of happiness on the weekend. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. It's a good thing. So how you been? We haven't talked in a week. How's it going? Anything exciting happening? I've been really good. As we talked about earlier, we had a quite a big snowstorm here where I am last night, and that always makes for an interesting evening when you're out driving home. Oh, you were out driving out and about in that. Okay, yeah. Right. Yeah, because we didn't know it was going to be as big as it was, because, um, you know, that Alexa app, I kept saying, Alexa, how much snow is forecast, and she was saying 0.4 inches. Like <laughs> Oops. <laughs> So we were like, oh, that's not so bad. We can go do whatever. And then driving home, we're like, what? <laughs> I think the, I think the Lexus was wrong. Just a little more than 0.4. Yeah, oh, we, my God, yes. We got about four to five inches here or something like that. But Louise was very, very happy. I've been telling listeners all week she's been really looking forward to snow. We finally got some. And, of course, they'll be all, all be happy to know she went cross-country skiing this morning. So she's just happy as a clam. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like fun. Yeah, yeah. I will, I will count that as a win that uh, we got home safely last night. That was a good we one. Right yeah. in the, yeah, the thick of the storm, and it was, we could barely see anything because the snow was so, there was so much snow, and I was just like, oh, thank God I'm home. That was definitely a win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know what it's like. Made it, so. <laughs> when it comes down um, like that, the but, visibility is kind of bad, so that, the fact that you got there safely is very good. Yes, that was a win, and let me see, I attracted a few more uh, new clients last week. Ooh, very good. That, that was a win yeah. all around, and um, it was just a really good week, just a really good week overall. And uh, What about you? How was your week? What wins can you share? Well, it's been a good week in a number of different ways, um, not the least of which was the snow for Louise, uh, but also we are now working on our Zoom conferencing platform which still connects to the speaker, which is where we actually do the podcast. But it does a number of things, including making it easy really for anyone around the world who wants to talk to us now, because now anyone around the world can contact us if if there's no charge for contacting us if you use the app. And I mean, you know what it was like to load the app, and the app's loading pretty darn easy on almost any platform that you've got, whether it's one of the smartphones. What does someone have to do if they do want to call in? It's right all, all on the homepage. All the description is there, uh, both for calling in and for subscribing. I finally put some uh, subscription information, how to do it from an iPhone, from Android. Uh, you oh, just click there from your okay. desktop. So, yeah, there, there are three ways to subscribe and three ways to uh, call in and get some free coaching. So, it, yeah, it's good stuff, and it's all right there. So if you're listening to this live, um, you're probably doing so right on our homepage, and that's where all the information is. So. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for joining us today. And uh, we are going to be going on to Chapter 4 of The Astonishing Power of Emotions, Let Your Feelings Be Your Guide by Esther and Jerry Hicks, The Teachings of Abraham. And uh, it's an interesting thing that you and I started, David. We started with Abraham back last summer when we did the whole book, Asking It Is Given. We started yeah. a trend here on LOA Today. We now have... You, me, and Cindy's going to start with. We'll have three of us doing Abraham books for like the next, I don't know how many weeks. <laughs> it's going to be quite a while, I'm sure. But yeah, all of a sudden, the end thing is to do Abraham books. So uh, Cindy and I are going to be doing Money and the Law of Attraction. Wendy and I have already been doing the Law of Attraction, the basic teachings, basics of the teachings of Abraham. And of course, you and I are doing currently the Astonishing Power of Emotions. And there's still more books to be done after that. So, I mean, we're going to be just booking. <laughs> Well, it's good because the information is fantastic. It is. It's, it's what people want to hear who are into law of attraction, and they get to your sense of humor, my sense of humor, so it's a good, it's a good mix. Yeah, just as long as they don't feel like I'm imposing their sense of humor humor on them, because, I mean, <laughs> some, it, it might, you got to be honest, my, my sense of humor is, you know, an acquired taste, so you have to acquire it first. <laughs> Speaking of sense of humor, did you have any... High vibration meals this past week. Okay, now there, there's got to be a drum roll in here somewhere because you're you're, you're associating 
high vibration meals with a sense of humor. Are you saying that the meals are funny around here? <laughs> no, but people like hearing about them. Oh, okay. So why not? <laughs> oh, well, I let's had see. one last night, and I thought, oh, I wonder if Walt had any this week. Well, actually, we did. Um, we had two of them on Valentine's Day. Ooh, on Valentine's Day, um, in the early afternoon around lunch hour, we actually drove an hour and a half to have a gyros, if you can believe that. A, a gyros What's sandwich. Uh, um, it's the Greek hero. It was the hero sandwich oh, or, the, or the gyro you sandwich. You have to say the American way, otherwise no one knows. It's well, I call it, it like I do, a gyro. It's a gyro or hero, but, but the Greek pronunciation is gyros. <laughs> and, and it was a gyros sandwich. And, not a sandwich, but it was a, a, a like a pita bread thing. And oh, those they, are so good. This yeah. place just, oh, they, well, they are Greek owners, so you know it's going to be good. And theirs is exceptionally good. It's worth driving in an hour and a half each way just to have that stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, it was just delicious. Uh, so, um, yeah, if anyone wants to uh, uh, try some trip heroes, go to the Bull's Head Diner in Stanford, Connecticut. It's absolutely to die for. It's great. And then later uh, that uh, night, for, for dinner, uh, Louise cooked up some of her special fried chicken, which beats the kernels any day of the week. Let me tell you, it is delicious <laughs> fried chicken. So yeah, we had all of it. You put on top of it, or what do you? Or just by itself? Or oh no, no, you don't want to put anything on her chicken. It is perfect the way it is. <laughs> it is absolutely delicious. You putting anything on top would actually ruin it, believe it or not. Oh my! Yeah. Wow. And then we also we we splurged. We we basically threw two thousand calories into ourselves. We had uh, slices of cheesecake from the cheesecake factory as our dessert. So yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> it wasn't. And they were with it. Oh, let's see. Mine was, uh, um, it was uh, the, the chocolate cheesecake. I can't remember what the, the brand name is, but, you know, it's, it's the same brand name that they use for the chocolate and the cheesecake. And then hers was, oh, what was she had? She had, um, I can't remember what it was. But I know that she loved it that much, I can tell you, because it was, it was delicious. In fact, she was fighting really hard not to finish it so she could have some more the next day at lunch. That's how good it was. <laughs> wow, that sounds really good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, good week for meals, no doubt about it. How about you? Uh, I, wonder how, I wonder how many Weight Watcher requests a piece of the cheesecake was worth. Oh, that was about four days worth, I think. Because <laughs> no, a friend of mine is doing Weight Watchers, and it's all about points. You know, you're allowed a certain amount of points. So she was saying, oh, this is this amount of points, this is that amount of points. I wonder what a piece of that she's going to have to ask her. It's probably like 100 points. <laughs> well, it depends on, on what the point scale is, but conceivably, you know, it could be a half a million points because that's how rich it is. So. <laughs> well, like she, she is allowed about, I don't know, 28 points a day, so that may have encompassed the whole day. <laughs> okay, so maybe half a million might be a little bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> Well, I had a I had a really really good coconut chicken dish. Ooh. And yeah, it was delicious at a Chinese restaurant. And they they kind of like it was like um, pieces of chicken breast that they kind of pan here, then they drizzled this like coconut sauce with some ice on top of it. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that was definitely a vibration rating meal. And I just had some desserts. Uh, like on Valentine's Day, there was a particular cake we had that was also yummy. I thought that was really good. So those those were definitely the two standouts of the week. Mm -hmm. That coconut, coconut chicken, <laughs> and then we had some kind of uh, oh, you know what it was? Like? You ever had one of those fruit custard cakes? There's like custard on the bottom yeah. with the fruit on top. Oh yeah. Oh my god, that was so good. <laughs> That's the guy. Like for me. I could just keep like taking little pieces of it and pretend I'm not doing anything. <laughs> it was really good. I also realized we on Friday we went to uh, we went out as well. We went to a, a local, it's sort of like a mixed uh, East Asian, Thai, uh -huh. Vietnamese, Chinese, all that kind of thing, and they do one of the most unusual general sauce chicken I've ever had. But it's very very Ooh. good. It's not your typical sauce sauce, if you know what I mean. But it's is really it like less, good. Less spicy or what is it? Uh, it's spicy. It's, it, the flavor is just different. I, I don't know how to describe it. Um, if, if you could describe General Sao's sauce as being a heavy flavor, this is a very light, almost Swedish flavor. Not Swedish, mm. sweetish. 
few have any conscious awareness of the astonishing power and value of their emotions. It is our intention here to assist you in the reading of these words to come to a fuller conscious understanding of your emotions, how it is that they exist, what they mean, and most important, how to utilize your awareness of them in a meaningful way. We intend to explain to you that your emotions are literally your indication of how you are blending with you. That's an interesting thing, too, this whole idea that the emotions are a sixth sense. I never thought of it that way. And no, yet, now that I understand particularly what they're teaching in this chapter and what they're teaching for the rest of the book, it actually does make sense. And in fact, it's kind of a, a source of <laughs> relief for me, if you will, because for the longest time now, I've really been interested in how can I learn to you know, get signals from my inner being and, and to communicate with my inner being, not realizing that I had been doing it all along and I just didn't know it. Because every time that I felt an emotional feeling, that basically signaled something of some kind from my inner being. Now it's just a question of understanding yeah. what the emotional signal is telling me. That was very, you know, it, it was it was a relief, and it was like, okay, I guess I'm not a total dunce because I don't seem to be able to get other kinds of signals. At least I get that one. You know, I get the one that's a lot clearer, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we're, it's, we're always in touch with them, which is we didn't realize. It. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I never thought of emotions as being a signal. I just thought of it as, you know, that's just what I'm feeling. That's it. Yeah. You know, who knew it was actually something more important? And, and actually, it also indicates something like they're about to say about the blending of you and you, which is kind of a little strange thing, especially when you're yeah. reading, you're not uh, reading it, you're hearing it, because first you is lowercase and the second you is uppercase, and what they're trying to describe is the distinction between the physical you and the non-physical you, or your inner being that you're connected to. So, go ahead, take it away, let's find out more about it. Okay, so the next section is called, so back to the big picture. All right. You were non-physically focused and still are. You projected a part of that non-physical consciousness into your current physical body, and so you are born into this body. Utilizing your physical senses, you perceive your environment and give birth to continuing new rockets of desire. The non-physical part of you that still remains non-physically focused sees your new desire and gives full attention to it and literally becomes it. And now stands as a vibrational equivalent to an expanded version of you. Is that the first time we hear her use rockets of desire? No, she's been using rockets of desire before now. However, the idea that the non-physical you is part of your living experience, that's a relatively new concept, I think, in the book anyway. Um, it's not yeah. a new concept in, in all of their books, but for this book, I'd, I'd say it's a new concept. And it's one, again, that was new to me when I first heard it. The idea, because yeah. I had the, the false misconception that most people have, which is we were previously non-physical, and then we were born, in which case we became physical, and then after we die, we become non-physical again. Whereas in reality, we've been non-physical throughout the entire process. The only change is that when we're alive, we are also simultaneously physical. They're, we're both. And that was not only yeah, eye-opening, it was also, again, another source of relief, because now I understand better what they mean by your inner being. Your inner being is just the non-physical part of me. Okay, that makes more sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's interesting, too, you were not physically focused, still are. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm going, it's continuous. Yeah, even though we're still in this physical body, we're still not physically focused. Right. Which is kind of like, what? <laughs> okay, all day, every day, your physical life experience causes you to expand. With each encounter with other people, with the things you read, with the things you see, the experiences you have, you give birth to continual rockets of desire. When someone is rude to you, you desire that others are kinder. When you are misunderstood, you desire to be understood. When you do not have enough money, wellness, or friendship, you want more of those things. Life causes you to constantly become more. In other words, a new and improved you, by your standards and perceptions, is in a constant state of becoming. For the non-physical part of you is constantly becoming whatever it is that you are asking for. 
And the other thing that is missed for me in this chapter is it seems like it's an excellent place to talk about what an emotion actually is. They do it elsewhere. I think they really should include it here. But they describe the fact that emotion is really a way of expressing the level of alignment between the physical me and the non-physical me. And that was also a new concept the first time I heard that, uh, which was very relatively recently. I mean, I always just, again, thought of emotions as, well, that's just something I feel. I didn't realize that it actually signified something about the relationship between my physical me and my non-physical me. That when um, I'm feeling a good emotion, it means we're in alignment. The two pieces of me are in alignment. Whereas when I'm feeling a negative emotion, we're out of alignment. Well, I wish they explained that a little bit more clearly because now that I understand that, okay, well, that means I just need to feel good all the time. And, and once I finally got that, got that idea and finally understood that's what I had to do, that became my primary goal. It's one of the reasons I started doing the podcast. It's one of the reasons why I'm always looking at things like, well, we look at the wins before we, you know, before we get into the book each week. Um, we're, we're always looking for different ways to pick up our vibration throughout the week. And, and that's the other thing, you know, understanding that vibration is emotion. Vibration is it's, it's not that emotion is vibration. It's that emotion is the indicator of vibration. The indicator. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's yeah. really, I mean, again, very significant. So, okay. Put all that together. I just want to feel good all the time because if I do, everything that I'm hoping for in my life is going to come true as long as I stay in that good feeling place. Oh, well, okay. Now it becomes a lot easier. Certainly a lot easier than what they taught in the secret. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, who, where, where is the non-physical part of you? Well, that's a good question. I'll, I'll let you take your first stab at it before I try. <laughs> How's that for passing the <laughs> That's not fair. You were supposed to say <laughs> Well, I'll tell you oh, what, be, before you even get into it, I'll, I'll give you time to think about an answer, okay? Because, I have an answer. Oh, you have an answer? Oh, okay, well then go ahead. Well, right now, because, you know, you get deeper meanings as the time goes on, but right now I would just say the non-physical part of me is part of source, part of source energy. That's the best way for me to explain it right now. What about you? Okay. Um, yeah, I'd say, well, I'm the physical me is also part of source energy. But I understand what you mean. The non-physical me is closer yeah. to source energy in the sense that it's more directly connected in. Um, I mean, I'm, the physical me is connected to the source energy through the non-physical me. So the non-physical me is like the intermediary in that case. Um, I would say that that the non-physical me is the part of me that always exists and has always existed and always will exist. Um, it's the. But where the, it's, it's, it's like in the ethers or where where. Well, it's wherever source energy is. I mean, you kind of skipped that question, too. Where is the source energy? Well, it's kind of everywhere, really. <laughs> because if, if we truly understand that source energy creates everything, then it's also in everything. So all yeah. matter consists of source energy that has been thought into a particular form. And all energy is in one way or another connected to source energy or a part of source energy. Which basically leaves, I mean, you got matter, you got energy, what's left? You got empty space. That's about it. <laughs> you pretty much covered everything. So, I mean, non physical and physical, I mean, one of the things that, that interests me and captures my attention about it is that we can't necessarily see or sense with our, our five senses the source energy. We can't really, I mean, well, actually, some people can. I, I mean, Wendy's roommate, for instance, can actually see energy, which is really interesting. I mean, like people with auras, like, like if you look at the She claims she can, act, she more than, yes, they, she can see auras, but she also claims that she can just see energy, just plain energy, which is really an interesting thing. It's something I, I would, I'm almost slightly envious of, like actually being able to see it. Wow, that's, that's pretty cool. Now, I can see to a certain extent. I mean, there, there are little things you can do, little, little um, experiments you can do to show yourself that you are capable of seeing energy. Um, one thing that I like to do is a little test. Um, sit, looking at a background that is a varied background, it's not monotone, it's not a single color, it has variation, you know, like trees or something like that. And with that background, hold your two index fingers approximately an eighth to a quarter of an inch apart, and then move them up and down relative to each other very slowly, and look at that background. And what you'll see is your background, that background will distort as you do that. 
And that is because you're seeing it through the energy field of your aura. So that's one way to see energy. But, I mean, certainly far cry from just opening your eyes and like, oh, there's all the energy over there. That's not what I see. I haven't seen that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I also want to take a moment, too, speaking of energy, to remind people about taking the energy and putting it into subscribing and sharing. Because subscribing and sharing are, first of all, how people continue to follow us very easily. When you subscribe, all, all the podcasts just show up right on your smartphone and ready to listen to whenever you're ready to listen to them, whether it's, you know, on your way to work or back home or at work or while you're doing some, you know, stuff on the house or whatever it might be. Um, you can listen to all of the episodes. And we find that people who do subscribe listen. They listen repeatedly. In fact, last month, the average person visiting the site, not just people who subscribe, but the average person who just listened right. to something, listened to an average of 30 episodes last month. So we know that people like listening to this stuff. So yeah. definitely, if you have not subscribed, take the time to subscribe. There are now instructions on the homepage at LOAToday.net. There are three different ways listed to subscribe. It's really easy. And then right below that, you'll also see a whole row of social media icons that you can click on. So once you've subscribed, share, share the fact that you subscribed and uh, tell friends about it, too, because, like I said, you know, the average person listens to 30 episodes, regardless of whether they're subscribed or not, which means a lot of people are subscribing. But more than that, it means they like it. So you're doing your friends a favor to tell them about the podcast. They're going to like it, too. They're going to say, thanks for sharing that with me. I appreciate that. And then finally, I wanted to also remind you about two other things, three other things, actually. First, um, we have a new show that we're doing on Tuesday nights. Tom Wells and I are doing a call-in show on Tuesdays. We had our first one this past Tuesday. We did get our first call-in, so that was another win. And uh, we wanted to encourage people who have thought about calling in, but just, you know, because most of our podcasts are during daylight hours, they really don't have the time or the ability or the, you know, the access to do it. Well, especially if you live in the U.S., that's your time to do it. That's what we set up the Tuesday evening show for. We also have the book coming out very soon. I'm currently in the process of editing. I've got, I believe, almost all the stories in, and uh, there, there's some pretty good stories, so that's going to be coming out. And people who are subscribers and regular listeners of LOA Today are going to get the opportunity, if they pay very close attention, to get a free copy of the ebook when it comes out. In fact, they're going to get it actually a few days before the official launch. So this is going to be a great thing for LOA Today subscribers. And then finally, if you have uh, the desire, desire to call in and it's not a Tuesday, you can still do that. I mean, we're happy to take the call while we're talking about uh, this book, The Power of Emotions. Yeah. You know, so if you're listening right now to us live, um, uh, most of our people listening are either listening to us on Thursday night on PRN uh, between 7 and 8 p.m. or they're listening to us through their podcast subscriptions. But if you are happening to listen in live and you want to connect, hey, I'd love to talk to you. And not just about any, it's not just about you know, raising questions or asking for help. It can be just sharing wins or just you know telling us something that uh, is going good in your life or just anything that you want to share at all, maybe talking about your opinion, about the, what they're talking about in the book, anything that you want to talk about, at all, talk about at all. All the instructions on how to connect to us, again, are on the homepage of LOA Today as it's the daily schedule. So it's all right there, the subscribe, the share, the call in and the schedule is all right there on the homepage, LOAToday.net. And the commercial. Thank you, David. They could even call in about a high vibration of food they like. They could. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they could even tell us one we haven't had yet, and we could say, hmm, I'm going to have that. <laughs> yeah, even give us a recipe. Give it, oh, yeah, yeah. We'll take a recipe. That'd be good. Yes. Because yes, now we know taste is part of what they're talking about, as a vibration, so that's good. It's one of, well, of, of course it is. I mean, all, <laughs> all vibrations are either reflective of what we want or what we don't want based on whether they feel positive or negative. That's the big core part of the message. Okay, well, then we want to do things that feel good. And taste is one of the five ways that we can make ourselves feel good because we are influenced by our five senses. So taste, yeah. touch, smell, sight, hearing, I mean, do all of them as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, I, personally, I like hearing, you know, that's my best sense, really. So I like positive music. It's one of my favorite things to raise my vibration level just by listening to happy tunes, tunes that make me feel good. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, for sure. But, yeah, you can yeah, do it. Do you dance around while you're listening to them? Usually I'm either out doing my walk or 
I just need to get away, so I'll go lie down or something and just listen to tunes and just kind of go into a semi-meditative state. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because it's also fun to dance around to them. Like you have your, your songs that you like and you're dancing around and it feels really good. I have been known on my walks occasionally to skip, which looks really oh. silly for a six foot eight man, so I don't do it with anybody around. <laughs> No, 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 no. Maybe it'll go viral. Oh, God, no, please. Walk skipping through the park. The humiliation, I can't stand it. You're six foot eight? Six foot eight, yeah. Can you believe that? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I can't believe that. You're a basketball player. Well, yeah, except you have to be able to jump. (laughs) It's true. Maybe it's jumping. Unfortunately, Michael uh, Jordan was, had like a four-foot vertical leap, so, I mean, he, he was an inch shorter, but he'd still be you know, three feet, 11 inches higher than me, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, my God. I thought I was some, some six one Many years ago, um, I had a friend, and uh, we got tickets right on the um, court to see the Lakers. Oh, very nice. And, yeah, we got to meet them. And I have to tell you, that was the first time I felt short. <laughs> These guys were like towering above me. I'm like, wow, I had no idea you guys were that tall. Like, it was just amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, you're, you're basically to the height of a small point guard. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Now I know why it's easier for you to get the ball in the hoop because you're so tall. You can almost reach the hoop. That, well, that, that's why I laugh when you when you marvel at my height because at 6'8", I'm basically the height of a small forward. <laughs> Which is bizarre when you think about it. I, I, I power over almost everybody I see, and yet I'm a small forward in the NBA. Go figure. <laughs> wow. Do you have to have, like, a like an extra long bed and all that kind of thing? No, believe it or not, I sleep in a regular king-size bed. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, the bed. I really, I like the idea of Louise take a video of you while you're skipping through the park, and then we could put it on YouTube and see what happens. I'm sure you like that idea. Fortunately, I don't think you have Louise's number, so it's <laughs> not going to happen. I'm really glad of that. <laughs> no, but that's good. Skipping is a high vibration exercise. It is. Uh, I just don't let anybody see it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know it. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes. Oh, see, now you're happy. Now you're going to make me paranoid. Now you're going to lower my vibration because I'm going to be out there. I'll start to skip the old teeth. I can't do that. Somebody might be watching. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's funny. But, well, but it shows just how powerful emotions are because, I mean, I'm making fun of it. But it really is a little bit, you know, un- emotionally uncomfortable. To, you know, I'm a grown man and a very tall one at that. And, and you know, for me to skip, that, that basically breaks a lot of social... Uh, not rules. What's amazing about it, you do, which is fantastic. You're like, oh, this is what I want to do. I'm free to do it, and I'm doing it. That's, that's, that's all there is to it. <laughs> you make it sound a lot more simple than it really is. <laughs> it's actually, it, I mean, seriously, I have to make sure that nobody's around, and, we, and, and that's the only time I'll even try it. And I won't do it very long. But, you know, I, I will look in both directions. I will look all around to make sure there's, you know, nobody who could be looking outside of a house window or something. Because, I mean, I, the I really... Yeah. Hiding in the trees waiting. <laughs> they are right. The paparazzi are right there. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, but that's serious. That's very empowering to do that. Because you're, you're saying, this is something I want to do, and I'm going to do it. The other thing that I have been known to do on my walk, uh, about halfway, there is a little league field. And not every time, maybe once or twice only, but there have been a couple of times when I've gone out and run around the field and even run around the bases. Now, of course, with my stride and the size of a little league field, I get around the bases in about eight steps, but still, you know. <laughs> well, why not? It's good exercise. <laughs> it is good exercise, and it's fun. It kind of takes me back to my youth, too, when I only played little league, so get to run the bases. Slide into the home, you can slide into the home base and say you've got a home run. This, well, true. I, well, actually, that, see, I was a tough kid, too. 
So the, the only reason that I didn't do better in Little League was I did not have, and still do not have, good eyesight. Because you need to have good eyesight in order to be able to catch up with the ball, especially if the ball is breaking. Well, that meant I didn't catch up with the ball very often. But because of my size, if I did catch up with the ball, it went a long way. So I didn't have to slide in the home plate. If I was going to reach home plate, I was, I was basically on a trot because it went over the fence. Oh, my goodness. It didn't no, happen very often. Many years ago, I was in camp. I must have been like, I don't know, how, how old are you in camp? Like 10 or 11 or something. And we were playing softball, and this one, like, smart, I was going to say some other word, but. <laughs> we'll, we'll fill in the gap. Yeah, he goes, because uh, he didn't think I was going to hit the ball. He was like, if you get a home run, Barbie, I'm going to eat my hat. <laughs> and he started laughing. He started laughing because it was, oh, it was just such a remote thing that I could possibly hit a home run. Mm-hmm. And guess what I did? You hit a home run. I hit a home run. <laughs> <laughs> he tried. He tried to eat his hat. <laughs> oh my god! Did you him salt? Like, <laughs> I was like, it's okay. Even at that, I was like, it's okay. You don't have to eat your hat. It's okay. But I just thought it was so funny. Like, I did it. I actually hit the one, and he tried to eat his hat. That's really great. Yeah. Well, that's a little funny side story. I remember one time playing softball as an older uh, young man. Uh, I would guess I was in my 20s, something like that. And I worked for a newspaper, and we had a softball game against the printing company that printed the newspapers, so our team, their team, mm-hmm. and so forth. And... Uh, it was really an unfair game in many ways, but because they had so many better players than we had, and our our, our team was, we, we were overmatched, let's put it that way. But we had fun, uh, except for the poor guy who worked in the department that I helped manage, who was the pitcher for our team, because the other team was hitting these rockets right at his head. Oh, you, you talk about rockets of desire, these are rockets that he desired to get out of the way of. <laughs> And after about four or five of them, I felt bad for him. And I said to myself, I got better reflexes than he does. I was playing first base. So I went over and said, Todd, do you want to switch? I'll, I'll pitch you play first base. He says, oh, thank you so much. So I get in there to pitch. It's slow pitch softball. So you have, you know, the arc, right? You can throw it to like a 12 foot arc, I think it is. And so I, I threw a couple pitches and the, and the first said, ball, no, no, too high or whatever. I said, so, you know, where am I? He, said, he told me. So I, I threw pitches until I had it right. And he said, okay, that let, that's about 12 foot. So once I had that, then I started pitching. And I'm a pretty good pitcher in terms of understanding what the tendencies of hitters are. So even with a slow pitch, you just throw to their weakest spot and you got your best chance of getting them out. Well, I knew the guys were all hitting high drives. So what I didn't want to do is I didn't want to pitch them inside because then they'd probably just pull these home runs down the left field or right field line depending on whether they're right-handed or left-handed. So what I wanted them to do is actually hit the line drive right at me. And the way to do that would be to pitch them outside because that's most likely where they're going to hit it. They're going to hit it up the middle, especially if they pull hitters. And so that's what we did. And we played pitch and catch. It was basically me and their hitters. <laughs> there was no, there was very little defense behind it because all the balls were coming back in my head. <laughs> But I had the reflex to catch them. So it would be toss this pitch. And whack, okay, there's one. Toss the pitch. Whack, and then pitch. Whack, okay, three outs. We're done. <laughs> and after about nine of those, the other team would like shaking their heads saying, what do we have to do to get ahead? We're, we're hitting these rockets at this guy. And he's catching them all. <laughs> oh, my God. It was funny. <laughs> of course, they had like a 25 to 1 lead at that point, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right, so should we continue on to Chapter 5? Oh, we can do that, sure. Okay, so Chapter 5 is called Your Emotions Are Absolute Indicators. So when your perception of your current life experience causes a realization that you do not have enough of something, such as money, time, clarity, or stamina, your desire evolves. Whenever you know what is lacking, you know more clearly what it is that you desire. In other words, in the midst of sickness, your desire for wellness is always clearly amplified. And as your desires evolve all day, every day, that non-physical part of you evolves, because that part of you also flows with the new ideas and desires in the moment that you give birth to each and every one of them. If you are as sure of who you are as the inner part of you is, you also 
also could turn your undivided attention toward the new ideas. And if you were to do that, you would feel an eagerness for life, a clarity of the mind, and a vitality of body that would be indescribably wonderful. In other words, if you were able to keep up with you, the exhilaration of that connection would be delicious. And conversely, when you do not allow yourself to keep up with who you have become, you feel the discomfort of that resistance. See, that's another reason why my goal is to stay as happy as I can, because I want to keep up with yeah. me. I, I want to keep up with that. And it's yeah. it, it, it's like my ongoing desire for the rest of my life to be as close as I can to having that delicious connection, as they call it. And I have right. to agree, it is delicious. I mean, delicious is a really good word to describe it, because it, it, delicious captures not just you know the power of the, the sensual feeling of it, but also that is a really, really nice sensual feeling. You know, that, that yeah. the, the sensuality is just, ooh, yeah, I want more of that. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you, when, you do not, when you do not allow yourself to keep up with who you have become, and you feel the discomfort of that resistance. Yeah, that, that's an interesting concept. It's, it's a little bit of a tricky concept. It's one that we're not really used to thinking about because we just think of negative emotions as being negative emotions. But in fact, they're more than that. They are literally not keeping up with our inner selves. Our inner selves are actually getting ahead of us, and we're just kind of putting the brakes on and dragging our heels when we get negative. That's right. And I think the, I like the wording when you do not allow yourself. In other words, we're in control of that. Yes. We're, we're in control of what we allow. And I think that's that's important to realize, too, that, like, oh, that is something I, I'm allowing that or not allowing that. Oh, yeah. I'm controlling that. It's not some outside thing. I'm controlling how I feel, basically. Yeah, how many, how many of us really understood, before we became exposed to law of attraction teaching, how many of us really understood that we were in complete control of what we felt? I didn't. Not that's for sure. Yeah, I didn't either. I mean, we all tend to believe that our emotional reaction to stuff happens to us. It's not something that we control. It, it was quite a new thing yeah. for me when I realized that that's what they were saying, that I could actually control my own emotions. Like, oh, really? I mean, that, was, that was probably, maybe you also thought that that was probably one of the biggest aha moments. Like, oh. I mean, it's not circumstantial. I'm controlling it. Oh, oh I can't wow. say it, it wasn't so much an aha moment as it was an uh oh moment. <laughs> because it meant that all those times that I lost my temper, it was me. It wasn't them. Like, yeah. Oh no, God, please no. I don't want that. So, yeah, I go for the aha moment. You go for the uh oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's that That's indicative of what? You're too scientific. I tell you. It's your terrible. scientific mind again. My own good. I know. <laughs> But no, but that is a, that's a, like, to really get that, that's a huge life-changing thing. It is. And once you know that that is something you change, it took me a while to learn how to change it. But once I started to learn how to change it, yeah. boy, is that empowering. When you know, yeah, I'm talking yeah, about, yeah, aha, that's yeah, way beyond, yeah. aha, that's more like, whoa, this is good stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, once you realize that's like, wow, then of course, the next step, like you just said as well, what can I do? I, I want to. I do want to control that. I exactly. want to, why not choose to feel good more than not? Yeah. I, I mean, instead of letting Sign me up. control it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so let's continue. The emotions that you feel in any moment of life are the indicators of the vibrational relationship between you and you. Your emotions are telling you whether your current active thought and subsequent vibrational offering matches the vibration of your evolved source, self or not. I'm not sure I heard that. It's, it's a weird phrase, your evolved source, self or not. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's a little bit of a tongue twister. Yeah. Let me just read that little part again, because I think it's important. Okay. The emotions that you feel at any moment of life are the indicators of the vibrational relationship between you and you. Your emotions are telling you whether your current active thought and subsequent vibrational offering matches the vibration of your evolved source, self or not. So that's, right, yeah, are you matching that? That's yeah. That's and, and the you and you would be a little confusing. And what, of course, they're talking about there is physical you and inner being or non-physical uh, you. Yes. 
Yes. That connection is everything, as it turns out. Because your vibrational offering is how you feel. It's based on how you're, what offering you're putting out at the moment. In fact, that's what they say next. When the signals match or come close to matching, you feel wonderful. When the signals do not match, you do not feel so good. So there it is. Yes. Yes. And so an awareness of your emotions and what they mean is essential to your conscious evolution. In very plain and simple terms, you must find a way to allow yourself to keep up with what life is causing you to become if you are to live the joyous life you came here to live. That's well, right. you couldn't be any more plain than that. That's pretty much it. So, and that's my goal. That's, that's what I try to do every single day. That's what I hope for. It's what I plan for. That's what I intend. And do I always do you, succeed? No. Do you but feel that every day? Can you feel that? Like, do you feel very high vibration? I, I, I feel at least once during the day, and I'm getting better and better of being in a higher vibrational level throughout the day. But can I say that I'm yeah. there throughout the day? No, not yet. I'm close. I certainly don't fall into the, the negative category very often at all. It's pretty rare for me to, to lose my temper. In fact, I remember the last time I lost my temper. There have been a couple of times, like in the last week, where I, I started to get sharp with somebody over something, but it, it didn't last very long, and, and I, I was really good at catching it. That was the part I liked the best. You know, I caught it, yeah. stopped, and apologized, and moved on, and, and it was done, you know, and, it, and so I wasn't attracting any more of it. <laughs> that was the best part. But I can't stand I'm perfect at it. I mean, are you, have you gotten to a level of perfection about it? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if you're human, if you can be, like, the perfect perfection. But I'm kind of like you. Like, I, I strive high vibration. I definitely am very in touch with where I am throughout the day. And then if I need to do something to raise it, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, at some point, though, I guess, as Abraham, that you're Predominant vibration is more be more concerned with that than a little, you know, throughout the day. But my dominant vibration is definitely higher than it used to be. Mm. Like you know, because that's what happens. The more you, and yours must be too. The more you deliberately, consciously strive to feel good, strive to think about what you want, strive oh, yeah. for positive thoughts, keep yourself feeling good, then your step point vibrationally definitely stays higher more frequently. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt yeah. whatsoever. And, and Wendy shared an interesting point about this uh, during the week. She mentioned something mm-hmm. that Jack Canfield um, has recommended. In Jack Canfield, of course, being the primary original author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, as well as a primary presenter in the movie The Secret. And uh, Canfield is one of many people who suggested looking into a mirror each day and saying to your image, I love you. And saying, mm-hmm. you, I, I think highly of you. I think you're great. You know, complimenting yourself, which is very hard for us to do. Yes. You know, I, I don't know if yes. you tried it. I've tried it. It's it's uncomfortable. I can actually get it to the point now. I, try, I was trying it today, for example, and I was able to actually talk to myself without looking away, telling myself all these wonderful things while looking in my eyes in the mirror. I could do it for 30 seconds. That was my, that was my limit, how much I could handle, but I was able to do it that long. So that was good. And That's Canfield, the, the reason I'm interested in this is that Canfield said he did that for 30 days, 30 straight mm-hmm. days. And after 30 days, his negative self-talk stopped entirely. Wow. So I figured that's worth trying. Wait, you mean he looked in the mirror and did Yeah, that? yeah every day did for 30 say, days. Did he say how long he did it for? It just doesn't matter? Did he, is that part of what matters? How long, really how long he I mean? Yeah. He wasn't specific about it. I'm guessing it was less than five minutes. Right, right. Probably less than a minute, but I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. But the key is he did it every day for 30 days. And you do it for 30 days, apparently, it basically reprograms your subconscious mind, and your subconscious mind stops sending you all those negative things you don't want to have come to your mind. That's great. So uh, I'm, I'm going to try that, actually. I, I decided earlier this week I'm going to try it. And I want to make, I want to make it a point to do it every day. So I missed a couple of days, so today is my day one, all right? So let's see, today is the 18th, so by March, let's see, that would be 28 days, so March 20th. Yeah. I should be at the end of my 30-day cycle. All right, well, we'll check in. I'll ask you next week how that was. All right. So I'm on record now, so I have to be held on. It's like I'll be embarrassed if I don't know how to do it. <laughs> no, it's great. That's a great thing to do. Absolutely. <laughs> but the, but it's like you said, too, like when you do 
practice this like we do, even if something happens, it's short-lived. Like yes. Unwanted or, like you said, like you start getting flared up about something, but it's very short-lived, which is fine, because that's not your dominant vibration. Which is not what it was when I first started trying to do this. Right. When I right. first started trying to do this, I was lucky if I got one or two positive things in for the day. Most of the yeah. day, I was yeah. focusing negatively without even realizing it. In fact, mm-hmm. they, they talk about how um, you have the three-step process, right? It, the first step is, is understanding the law of attraction, that everything vibrates. second step being that you um, uh, become a deliberate creator, so you put out there exactly what you want to have happen, you expect it to arrive. And then the third one, the hardest part, the law of allowing, is where you let it in. And it can be very confusing at the beginning of trying to become a deliberate creator because we don't realize all the different ways that we're not allowing. We don't realize all the ways that we're resisting. And as they start to peel away over time, you begin to get a grasp of just all the different ways. I I mean, I realize that just the different ways that I was resisting, especially very early on. So having gotten to the point now where most of my day, I'm stealing, I'm staying in a positive place. That's a big victory for me. I mean, we talk about oh, the wins day by day, but that's like my ongoing victory. That's the one that yes. I feel the proudest about because I was really stuck in a bad rut for the longest time and didn't know it. And having peeled away a little bit at a time and a little bit of uh, resistance falling away here, falling away there, I go, oh my God, I didn't realize they were even there. Do that long enough to actually get to the point where you're feeling good most of the time. So. Your dominant vibration is definitely higher now than it was. Oh, probably. yeah. Yeah. And doing the podcast played a big role in that, to be honest. That's one of the reasons I kept mm-hmm. doing the podcast all the years. Because mm-hmm. it felt good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So can you read the next one because you're so good at reading. Uh, sure. Let's see. Where are we? We're on your expansion. Of content. Okay. So yep. if, your, if your observation of your life experience causes you to realize that you do not have enough money to do some of the things you want to do, your desire for more money is amplified and your vibrational escrow now expands to include that desire. Everything that happens throughout your day that causes you to realize that you want or need more money causes additional amendments to your desire regarding your financial abundance. If your observation of your life experience causes you to realize that your body does not look or feel the way you want it to, your desire for that improved bodily condition is amplified, and your vibrational escrow now expands to include that desire also. Your interaction with other people at your place of work causes you to realize that you are not appreciated. Your desire for appreciation is amplified. When you are bored with what you are doing, your desire for more stimulating things to work on is amplified. When someone at work is promoted and given a raise, your desire for more recognition or appreciation is then amplified. When you do not have a significant relationship, your desire for one is amplified. When your current relationship feels like a struggle, your desire for a more compatible relationship is amplified. So in every waking moment of your life, you are utilizing the data that makes up the details of your life in order to expand. And this expansion is constant. And with every detail that you chew upon, you exude vibrational requests for improvement, and the broader part of you, your inner being or source, becomes that expanded version that your life has asked for. Now, that concept of expansion, that's one I, I'm actually uh, thinking about going to an Abraham workshop. I've never been to one before. Well, but, you must do it. I did one. It did you? Very, I mean, obviously you're going to love it. You know. I'm sure I will. I've seen enough of them on you know, YouTube videos and so forth, so uh, it's yeah. obvious that people are enjoying them a lot. Do you, want to, um, do you want to be in the hot seat? Well, I don't know if I really want to be. I mean, I would not right. object to be there, but it's not something that I have a high, you know, driving oh. desire on. But toward that possibility, I've begun saving up questions. Uh, and what, one of my questions is about the nature of expansion, because whenever they talk about expansion, the most detail you ever get is the expansion of all that is, mm-hmm. which isn't a whole lot of detail. So my question is, what exactly expands? What is it that expands, and what are the units of the thing that expands? So, for instance, if it's energy that expands, is it that there are certain units of energy and there are more of them, or is it that the energy becomes more spread apart, or like with matter? If if the matter expands, if that's part of what the expansion is, is it that there are more molecules being created or molecules further apart? What kind of expansion are we talking about? 
that's what I want to know. What what is experience? Well, there it is. But I want I still want inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> you gotta go then and get the third answer. And the other one I want to ask, and again, this is that scientific mind again. I saw this question in Facebook. I thought this is a really good question. It should be asked. The question is if law of attraction literally states as they've defined it, that which is like unto itself is drawn or like attracts like. If that's the case, why is it that in science, positive and negative charges attract and positive and negative magnetic poles attract? I mean, like attracts like, why is it that opposites attract in electricity and magnetism? See, even you, who doesn't have the scientific mind, even you want to know the answer to that one, don't you? <laughs> well, I was about, when somebody asked the question, I was, I'm of course, curious about the answer. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a good answer you can for it. definitely go. Are they, are they coming to your area soon? Yeah, they're coming in uh, in April to, again, Stanford, Connecticut. We went to Stanford for the diner. Well, that's also where they're coming uh, for the Abraham Hicks oh, well, presentation. Well, you can do that. You can go, you can get both. Yeah, go to the diner, too. Have the, have the, <laughs> uh, the hero sandwich. I mean, good heroes, I tell you. They're good. <laughs> gyro. you got to say gyro. Otherwise, no one's going to know what you're talking I'm about. I'm not from New Jersey. <laughs> give, give it a rest. <laughs> yeah, I would. I mean, that sounds like a great thing. I would go and see if you can get on the hot seat. Why not? I I think it would be interesting. I I, I won't be disappointed if I'm not, but it would be fun. I, I mean, just to have a nice conversation with Abraham, that would be fun. They want to look things want to tell their thing, but no more nervous than doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking to thousands of people, right, when we do the podcast. Am I nervous? I know, but... Yeah, that's true. I can't see them. That's you're true. there. You're on, you're on the stage and the chair. The camera's pointed at you. She's there. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I'm sure you could do it. I've given public talks before, so I mean, it's no worse than that. Yeah. I mean, a public talk. You're the only speaker, right? Here, you're just having a yeah. conversation with Abraham. That's like the difference between doing a podcast yourself and doing it with you, because <laughs> it's easier. Yeah. It's a whole lot easier when you're talking to somebody else. So I don't think it'd be all that bad. I do feel bad I for people. You, I hope you do it because I know. You, first of all, I know you would just love the whole thing because it's all the <laughs> wonderful information. And if you could get in the hot seat, why not? I do feel bad though for some of the people who have gotten into the hot seat and they're flexed. The, the, the attention is too much, and, and they just can't even get their questions out. They're funny. Yeah. They're funny to watch, but I yeah. feel bad for them. I mean, the one that I loved the most was the one where the woman gets into the seat and the, the microphone's moved up to her mouth and she's got her her questions on a piece of paper and, and her hands are shaking. The paper is shaking in her oh hands. She's wow. so worked up about it. And Abraham's trying so hard to be understanding and, and just, you know, Esther's just standing there very patiently. And the woman's trying to get words out. She can't do it. And Esther says, would you like us to read the paper for you? <laughs> That was nice. <laughs> Is what, that what happened? Uh, actually, I cut it off. I don't know what happened after that one. But there was, uh, there was uh, another one that followed. <laughs> this was like one of those things where they spliced together a whole bunch of things like that. So we had put a video together. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one that came after was, was also good because the woman gets up there, and she's obviously very distraught, this particular woman. And she says, what? I want, and she's struggling, and she's saying this. I want to talk about family, and and you can just see the emotions blowing up. Obviously, there have been a lot of family issues and so forth, and she's struggling to find the words, and as she's doing that, Abraham says, you mean how families are overrated? And it just breaks the ice. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm uh, sure that it's fun going to those things, and I'm looking forward to, well, to going to the one in uh, we April. One, we have one minute left. We do. We're out of time, so we won't be able to complete this particular chapter, although it only has like another two pages left, page and a half, so we should be able to zip through that and then get to chapter six next time. But, David, it's been a pleasure, and I look forward to doing it again next week. Me too, and if anybody's interested in some wonderful law of attraction coaching, they can just go to my site, lifecoachdavid.com, and they can contact me through there. They can sign up for my newsletter, for my daily law of attraction quotes. And uh, that's how you do that. That sounds great. Dan, it's been a pleasure to talk to you again next week. Have a great week, Well, All right, you do the same. And we'll see you all next time as well here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.